Hey, it's great to see you here this morning. If you have a Bible, open to Psalm 15. If you've got it memorized already, that's okay. Um, you're probably better than I am. It's so great to see here. So many people down with COVID. Even my mum at 89 has COVID and we're praying for her. There's a lot of this stuff around. Remember the days when we used to shut the state down for one? Just reminiscing. doesn't matter. Um, but, you know, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, sickness around in general. And uh, we, we particularly want to remember Pastor Keith, you know, who's, who's hospitalised with it. It's not, it's not fun. It's not pleasant. And it can be deadly. So we need to just be very careful about that. Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts <coughs> and our minds, Lord, as we open your word. Father, that we will be able to concentrate on you and be obedient to what you ask us to do. And everybody said... Amen. Now, I've been doing a series called What Price? I've asked what price would we pay for holiness or for revival, uh, that sort of stuff, for unity. And I want to wrap it up today with, I didn't think this was so controversial until we hit this week and now apparently it's very controversial. I want to ask the question, what price integrity? Because integrity is something everybody claims and many people do not have. Like your politicians, they say, I'm a man of integrity. You know, but the way they act does not bring that out. So I want to look at what integrity is, what it really is, and ask the question, what price are we prepared to pay for our integrity? Integrity is something we talk about in business and politics, but it's rarely found. You know, most people... They say they have integrity and yet they will compromise to get whatever it is they want. That's not integrity. Okay? Uh, in, the, in the book called The Day America Told the Truth, listen to this, of those surveyed, 91% said that they would lied on a regular basis, 86% said they lied to their parents regularly, 75% said they lied to their friends, 69% said they lied to their spouses, and 65% said they regularly called into work sick when they weren't. So this is not a, it's not a new problem, lack of integrity, and it's a very common thing. People say, it's easy to say, I have integrity, but no one out there seems to actually have it. Proverbs 20 verse 6 says this, Many a man proclaims his own steadfast love, but a faithful man who can find. The righteous who walks in his integrity, blessed are his children after him. They did another survey at one point, they went out, on the streets and they started to survey people to ask them what, how much they would have to pay them to sleep with someone who was not their partner. And you know, you know what guys are like. Some of them said, oh, yeah, 20 bucks sort of thing, you know. Um, and of course some people were saying, oh, no, I wouldn't do for any less than a thousand or any less than, it would take a million dollars to get me to do that. And when they finished answering the question, the surveyor said, you know what, you're a prostitute. Because it doesn't matter what the price is, the fact is you were prepared to compromise it at a point. And so if we say we have integrity, that needs to be beyond compromising. We need to not be those guys who th think, well, we're very high brow because we charge a lot of money to lose our integrity. You're still losing your integrity. So let me ask you a question. Why bother to have integrity? Integrity is defined by the dictionary as a firm adherence to a code of especially moral or artistic values. So given that the rest of the world is cheating, lying, and bending the truth, why should we bother to have integrity? I mean, doesn't that disadvantage us if we have integrity and others don't? Well, in the natural, you could definitely say, yes, there's a price to be paid. However, the Bible says this, Proverbs 11 verse 3, the integrity of the upright guides them, but the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. And this is the thing. 
You might think you're getting ahead by compromising your integrity, but what you are doing is destroying yourself. The Hebrew word for integrity is the word tuma, which means innocence. Another word is, is the word tom, which means completeness, fullness, or simplicity. And in the New Testament, the Greek word is aphthoria, which means incorruptibleness, purity, and soundness of character. So what we're talking about here, I, I get the impression, I don't know if you've ever seen sort of a, a, a dirty surround, but a really clear pool of, of, of stream of water running through. That's what it's trying to convey. That when all around is dirty, you're incredibly clean and pure. That is integrity. So let me give you some reasons why you should have integrity. First of all, safety. Proverbs 10 verse 9 says, whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. When you have integrity, you don't have to keep looking over your shoulder all the time. You're safe. If you've compromised your integrity, you are forever wondering what is going to happen. Well, who's sneaking up on me here? Is anyone going to find out? How many of you know that some of us, at least, have skeletons in our closet? Is that right? Many people do. Integrity means safety, never having to look over your shoulder. I don't know if you remember the, the classic television series, Faulty Towers. Does anybody remember that? Okay. Preaching to the converted here. I, I, they only made 12 episodes. It's incredible. But I love it. Because what happens in, in the average episode, if you remember back, those of you who, who like this show, Basil Fawlty lies right at the start. And it's a trivial lie. It's not even really important usually. And then he lies to cover up the lie. And then he lies again to cover up the lie that was covering up the lie. And then he lies again. To, and in the end, he's a mess. Because be sure your sins will find you out. You know, and that's what it's like when we compromise our integrity. If you hold to your integrity, you don't have to even do the first lie. You're safe. The second thing is reputation. We should have a good integrity because of reputation. 1 Peter 3 verse 16 says, Having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. Integrity. <laughs> means that your reputation is one that is sound. You will not easily be put to shame. And if they try, if they throw mud at you, the mud doesn't stick. You know, integrity means sticking to your principles, which should be God's principles, no matter what the loss. And I think of what Paul writes in Philippians 3, Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count the rubbish in order that I might gain Christ. So integrity says, I don't care what the price is, I'm not selling. And your reputation stays intact. As Paul wrote to Titus, I uh, read this in my quiet time this week. Titus 2, show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works and your, your teach, in your teaching show integrity, dignity and sound speech that cannot be condemned so that an opponent may be put to shame having nothing evil to say about us. And, and, uh, yeah, and this is really true. If you do something wrong, if you compromise your integrity, the enemy gets fodder that they, he can fire at you to try and destroy you. But if you don't compromise your integrity, they're flat out finding things to, to say bad about you. And what a great position to be in when, when the worst thing people can say about you is that you're closed-minded or something because they can't find anything else to get the dirt on you. The third thing you get from, from uh, integrity is a clear conscience. Uh, Acts 24 verse 16, Paul writes, So I take pains to have a clear conscience before both God and man. And that's important. 
It's not just a clear conscience before man. It's a clear conscience before God and man. A clear conscience means you can stand up tall with confidence. Uh, you know, last week we talked uh, about being unjustly attacked. And if your conscience is clear, no matter what they say or accuse you of, you can stand in integrity. Now, I don't know about you, have you ever, I think we said this last week or the week before, have you ever been attacked unjustly? Who's been attacked unjustly? You know, I mean, I, I think all of us have been. But the thing is, if you know that you know that you know that you're right and that you have integrity, they can say whatever they like because it's not going to destroy you. Your conscience is clear. You can stand there with a true heart. The fourth thing, and this <coughs> probably is the greatest reason to have in integrity, is it maintains your connection to God. Proverbs 12.22 says, His lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. I don't know about you, but I want to delight God. Do you want to delight God? I would love to, I would love to, to know that God's looking at me saying, Well done, good and faithful servant. Like, I want him to look at me and smile. Not, not, not grit his teeth. Oh my gosh, he's at it again. You know, I want him to, to look. I want to please him. I really do. And, and, and we don't realize, but how we behave, even under fire, even in our worst moments, even when they're attacking from everywhere, and we are being, we are being unjustly accused or unjustly treated, how we react is more important than how they act. You can't control what they say and do, but you can control how you respond to it. And how you respond shows whether you have integrity or not. Uh, I, I wrote a song, Fiona shared her, her story last week about uh, growing up with abuse and, um, and forgiveness. But there's a second part to that. I wrote a song for her based on, on, on her experiences and that sort of stuff. And the song was called Trophy of My Grace. And what I said in the song is that the devil tried to destroy you, but because you have triumphed in integrity, you've, you know, you've come through this and you've forgiven. God put you, what do you do with a trophy? You put it on the wall and you show people. You put it on your mantle. You say, look at this. And when we have integrity, we become a trophy of God's grace. He puts us on the wall and says, look at that, Satan. You didn't get him. He had integrity and he never stopped. You know, I think we should be trophies of God's grace, don't you? Psalm 66 verse 18 says, If I cherish sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. And I am not prepared to lose my relationship with God over anything. If you have that stance, you will maintain your integrity. They will lean on you and try and get you to compromise. We're seeing it all around us. But we can maintain our integrity because that is our lifeline to God. That's our relationship to God. And if you delight him, he will delight you. I guarantee you. So let me ask you the question. From God's point of view, what does integrity look like? And that's why I got you to turn to Psalm 15. I'm going to read it out. Because I love this psalm. This talks about how to fellowship with God. How to have a relationship with God that is ongoing. Many people get saved, but they, they don't go further than that. But I don't want to just get in by the skin of my teeth. What I want to do is be someone who delights God. When he looks at me, he goes, wow, you, you know, this, this person brings me joy. That's what I would like to do. So let's look at Psalm 15. It says this, O Lord, who shall, who shall sojourn or abide in your tent? Who shall dwell on your holy hill? He whose walk, is, whose walk is blameless and does what is right and speaks the truth in his heart, who does not slander with his tongue and does no evil to his neighbor, 
nor takes up a reproach against a friend in whose eyes a vile person is despised, but who honours those who fear the Lord, who swears to his own hurt and does not change, who does not put out his money at interest and does not take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things shall never be moved." So let's pick that apart a little and look at the ways that we can delight the Lord and abide with him. Don't you want to abide with God? Remember the, the, in John 15, the vine and the branches, if we abide in him, abide is just living in, in this close relationship with him, living with him on his holy hill, as it says there. So the first thing is, you need to walk in integrity of heart. It says, who shall abide and dwell or dwell with you on your holy hill? Verse 2, it says, he whose walk is blameless and does what is right and speaks the truth in his heart. Have you ever been around people that everything you say, they twist it around? Like, it drives you mad, doesn't it, after a while? Like, you say something and they turn everything into sort of a dirty joke or smutty, you know, you know those people? And when you, when you finish talking to them, you come away, you think, gee, I need a shower after that. Because everything you say, they twist it around and try and make it into something it's not. And I know Christians who behave this way. And, you know, <coughs> I think if you're doing that, it reveals something about your heart. Matthew 15, 18 says, What comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. What comes out of the mouth comes from the heart. Luke 6, 45, Every good person out of the good treasure in his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil, for out of the, the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. If you have a dirty mouth, you have a dirty heart. I didn't say God said it. You want to argue? Argue with him. Because I think we need to guard our words, don't you? We need to... One of our great joys of, of being in Lily House is when, when girls come to Christ and they begin to pray, and they use words that you just wouldn't use in a prayer because that's what they normally use and it's really it's really um eye-opening i think you know uh, and I, I won't outline what the words are but there's certainly some that you probably wouldn't very often use but after a little while their speech begins to change and and because god's working on their heart and as their heart changes their speech begins to change Integrity in your heart means you see through pure eyes. You see the best in others. You see the goodness of God even in the pain of life. It's a wonderful and freeing way to live. As Hebrews 13 says, Pray for us, for we are sure that we have a clear conscience desiring to act honorably in all things. That's integrity. A clear conscience acting honorably, honorably in all things. This, <coughs> the second thing we need is integrity in our words. Verse 2 to 3, who does not slander, this is in Psalm 15, does not slander with his tongue and does no evil to his neighbor nor takes up reproach against his friend. A person of integrity is very careful with their words, not just their heart but also their words and tries to be positive and encouraging. Integrity means, listen to this, not gossiping, not criticizing, not putting others down. Okay? Remember, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So a person of integrity doesn't constantly tell smutty jokes, doesn't try and talk other people down and put other people down all the time, even if they deserve it. They love people no matter what, and they leave the rest to God. 
Ephesians 2 verse, uh, sorry, 4 verse 29 says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. How many times have you said something in anger, probably, and then you wish you could take it back? Has that ever happened to you? You say something silly and you realise you've, you've compromised your integrity. You've said something that reveals, that, that has not built the other person up, but has put them down. My friend Bill Newman <coughs> tells the story of a, a, a lady who was a, a terrible gossip in church and she'd really slandered the pastor, but she, she was under conviction. And so she, she came to the pastor, she said, Pastor, I'm sorry for, for saying these bad things about you. Please forgive me. And the pastor said, of course I'll forgive you, but I just want you to do one thing. She said, what's that? He said, I want you to take a pillow and I want you to take it up to the little bluff above our town and I want you to slice it open and throw all the, the feathers in the air. And she thought, well, the pastor probably is a little bit loony, but I better do it. It's kind of weird penance. But uh, she did. So she went up the top of the bluff, cut open the, 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 uh, the pillow, threw all the feathers in the air, came back and said, okay, pastor, I've done it. He said, oh, one more thing. Could you pick them all up, please? Because that is what our words are like. We say them, we throw them out, but we can't gather them up and retract them, can we? So far better to have integrity in our words before it all starts. The third thing <coughs> is integrity in actions. Psalm 15 verse 4 says this, In whose eyes a vile person is despised, but who honours those who fear the Lord and swears to his own hurt and does not change. Now the Hebrew word for a vile person is ma'as, meaning despise, refuse, reject. It, in, in essence... The person of integrity does not entertain a member of God's people who rejects a covenant life. So you don't find people of integrity hanging out with backsliders and doing what they do. Okay? They might reach out to them, but they don't hang out with them. Because people of integrity don't want to follow that path. They need to be strong if they are going to hang out with them to win them back to Christ. Because ultimately, folks, the name of the Lord matters to the person of integrity. And when I hear what is said in the press, I get, I get very angry because God's name matters to me. What a beautiful name it is. And yet they trash it out there. This reporter from the ABC, that they had this, this horrible poster, I don't know if you saw it, at a, at a, a, a pro-abortion rally that said, that said Mary, mother of Jesus, should have had an abortion. I mean, that's just abhorrent. That's just pathetic. But it angers me that they can take the name of my Lord and my Saviour and trash it. And no one touches them. You, you, you have to be kind to every minority. You have to give every minority whatever they want in this country except Christians. You can attack them to your heart's content. You can pull them down. You can ruin, attempt to ruin their lives and their careers. Israel Folau, for example, you can do whatever you like, but, but don't attack the other guys. You can only attack Christians. What, how is that fair? How is that inclusive? Right? And, and so, so this is where, you know, we need to, as people of integrity, we need to be people who say, the name of the Lord matters to me, and I will not be a party to dragging the name of Christ through the mud. And then there's also that line in that verse that says, who swears to his own hurt and does not change. Integrity means honouring your word and your word is your bond. How many of you remember the old days where a handshake would do it? Yeah? That doesn't apply anymore. 
First of all, because we're supposed to use elbows. But secondly, because people don't honour their word anymore. Their word is worth nothing. So often in business, people say things and they, they promise it and then they go back on it if it suits them. When we were negotiating for this property here, um, we, we settled on a price, we had a contract, etc., etc. And the, the, the sellers at one point came to us through the, the uh, uh, real estate agent and said they're going to crash the contract, they want $75,000 more. Because they realised that they'd sold it very cheap to us. And Fiona stepped in, uh, who was a master negotiator. I mean, spare a thought for me, I am married to someone who was a master negotiator. <laughs> right, this is scary stuff, you know. I'm not saying I don't get my way, I'm just saying that, that I often, she gets her way and I think it's my way. That's a master negotiator, right? So she went to these people and she said to them, we, as a church, our word is our bond. We're going to ask you to do the same. And you know what those people did? They kept the price the same and we bought it for the original price. Because we appealed to their integrity. At the end of the day, money is not... You know, you can get more money, but you can't get more character. You can't get more integrity. So, Matthew 5.34 says this, but I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven or by... Uh, for it is the throne of God or by earth, and so on. What he's saying there is saying, don't take an oath at all if you're going to break it. And then he says this in Matthew 5.37, let what you're saying simply be yes or no, anything more comes, comes from evil. See, God puts the highest priority on personal integrity, character, honesty, uh, honour, faithfulness, as it relates to keeping our promises and commitments to God and to others. He keeps his promises and he does not seek to get out of them. And we should keep our promises and not seek to get out of them, even if things change and it ends up costing us. Because when we make an oath, when we make a deal, when we say yes, our yes needs to be yes. Do you hear me? I think this is, there's not a lot of this around these days. It's better not to make a promise than to make a promise and break it. And God is a person of his word and he expects his followers to be people of their word. Integrity not only means keeping your word, but keeping God's word and speaking out against wrongs. Our words have power, especially if we align them with God's will. And one of the things I'm noticing at the moment, out there even talking to, to, to people around the place and looking in the media, is that they don't care what God's word is. They've made up their own version of God's word, and they're going to try and twist the Bible to support their position. That's not integrity. Integrity has to start with finding out what God's position and sticking to it. The fourth thing is integrity in finances. Psalm 15 verse 5 says, Who does not put out his money at interest and does not take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things shall never be moved. <coughs> if you want to look at one area that will attempt to compromise your integrity, it's going to be finances. Am I right? Because even in our society, even in a Western educated, uh, upright society, there are deals and stuff being passed through the back door all the time. Integrity is compromised all the time. Uh, I recently bought some optical equipment from China. I'd never done it before. I thought this would be fun. Um, it'll either work or it won't. <laughs> and it did. Yay, it arrived. That's good. Um, 
But as they were preparing the invoice, they said, okay, what happens is it comes in from overseas and you have to pay the import duty on it, essentially GST, I'm guessing. And, and if you pay that, they will release it to you and give you the goods. I said, okay. And then the lady said this. She said to me, would you like me to make the invoice out for less so that you don't have to pay as much tax at your end? And I said, well, tempting, but no. I said, no, please make the invoice out for the full amount because I do not want to compromise my integrity. Now, I could have done it. I probably would have got away with it. No one would know. But see, God knows. And I'd know. And you get those little things all the time. I remember going to a, 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 a kid's um, play thing, and, and they said, you know, kids under five are free. And I had two kids, one at six and one at four. And so I said, well, how, many, how many kids? Okay, you got kids here? I said, yeah, okay, well, this one's six. So I'll pay for her, but I don't have to pay for this one. He said, you know, the, your kids are pretty small. You probably could have got away with it. Yes, probably could have got away with it, but that's not the point. Integrity is not trying to get away with stuff. Integrity is saying, I'm going to do what's right. Even these little occasions. So this, this poor Chinese lady was surprised. She said, oh, really? They don't normally say that. I said, I don't care. This is, what, this is how it works. Give me the full amount, all right? Because I don't want to compromise my relationship with God for a couple of bucks. You know, it's not worth it. It's just not worth it. Integrity means absolute honesty in matters of finance. So what this verse talks about is taking advantage of those in need. We have to be careful to honour God and be generous to those in need, not exploit them. As Luke 12 says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So integrity means paying your taxes. I know. Preach this in July. Who'd have thought? Pay your taxes, right? I'm into tax minimization that's fine but not avoidance not bribing officials giving generously and being honest with your money so let me ask the question what price integrity I've got to tell you a few things in Christianity give Christians a bad name more than people who claim to follow Christ and have no integrity who go to church and praise God but are known to lie and break their commitments Nothing gives the name of Jesus a, 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 you know, more, nothing drags his name through the mud more than Christians who say they're Christians and go to church and look pious on the outside, but they behave very differently when it comes to integrity. I don't know about you, but I, I have many sins in my life, but one of my great sins is watching the Godfather movies. You know, have you seen the Godfather movies? They're, they're about this, this crime crime people, mafia and all that sort of stuff and um, Sicilians, all that sort of stuff. But, but one of the things they do is they all show up at church. They look, they're in their suits and then they leave church and they go and bump some guy off and then turn up at his funeral, give his wife a kiss and then go and bump some... And I'm like, wow, that is not integrity. You know, and I think of that, it gives, gives the name of Christ, it just drags it through the mud, it really does. So what does this mean in a practical sense for us? Well, some examples of how we can break commitments include not paying our bills on time. I'm talking to myself here too. Not giving our best efforts at home, at work, at school or at church. Not being honest in our relationship with others. We must follow through on our promises and commitments, even when they turn out to be more difficult than expected. 
Sometimes you make a commitment, something changes and you go, oh my goodness, I can't meet that commitment. Uh, we were just reading this morning about uh, uh, the, the building situation at the moment. Builders who had people locked into contracts a year ago can't meet that commitment anymore. And, and they're trying to get out of it. But integrity would do it anyway. A life of integrity might cost you something, but obedience delights the Lord and allows you to be closer to him. And that's, that's for me, that's the big game right there is being closer to God. The price of integrity is obedience. And yes, obedience costs, but in the long run, the eternal benefits are incredible. Now, Doug Sherman and William Hendricks compared the ethics of Christian and non-Christian adults. Listen to this. They found that almost as many Christians steal from work as non-Christians. They found that almost as many Christians use company phones for personal uh, long distance as non-Christians. They found that Christians are just as likely to falsify our income taxes and commit plagiarism and give bribes to obtain a building permit and ignore construction specs and illegally copy computer programs and steal time from work and exaggerate our products and selectively obey the law. Same Christians and non-Christians, almost the same. It seems that when it comes to integrity, Christians are far from being different. But I believe that God is calling a peculiar people right now, don't you? Because never before in our history have we had to stand up for what we believe like we do right now. He's called us. He set us aside. We need to be different from the world in our personal life, our business life. Christians need to be different from everybody else and they need to be better. They need to have higher integrity. Philippians 2 verse 15 uh, Paul writes this, that you may be blameless and innocent, that's integrity, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Man, our crooked, twisted generation in Australia needs light right now. And if we don't shine, who's going to shine? And if we dull our light to fit in, who's going to even see us? This week, now I wrote all this and, and, and thought about this really kind of at the end of last week, I guess, really. But this week we've seen an incredible example in the media, if you've been following it, of the Manly Seven, what they're calling the Manly Seven, where at great cost to themselves and under intense fire, seven players who were described as being Pentecostal, sorry, Polynesian Pentecostals. I love that. Give me more Polynesian Pentecostals, all right? They're fantastic. So they're putting it down to culture and religion as part of their culture. I don't care what they put it down to. We saw seven men stand up for what they believed. We saw seven men said, we, they, we, we will not wear that jersey. And they're not, being, they're not being exclusive. They're just saying, you can't forcibly be, make me inclusive. Who's the inclusive one here? Who's the, who's the exclusive one? If anything typifies our woke society, this did. Where in the name of inclusion, they were excluded from the team and mercilessly attacked on media and social media. These seven men showed real strength and maintained integrity where everyone around them compromised. And there'd been a rallying call to our nation. Because finally somebody has said no to the most powerful lobby in the land. The club and the NRL, like every institution in this country, are full of spineless, weak-minded individuals who give in to this political bullying because they are self-serving and scared of the LGBT lobby. As Jordan Peterson said, and everyone picks on him as well, 
And I think that's great that he's standing up as well. And some of the people standing, like Andrew Bolt, they're not even Christians. They just think it's, it's a really bad situation. When a tiny minority of people control everybody's thought process and persecute you if you don't do what they want. Jordan Peterson said this, if you think strong men are dangerous, wait until you get a load of weak men. Because weak men, they compromise. We, we saw it in this situation. They compromise and sacrifice their integrity on the LGBTQ alphabet soup altar of tolerance and they are destroying our society because weak men don't stand up. Our nation is desperately looking for integrity. Desperately. And sadly, many of the churches are letting them down. I believe, folks, this is our moment right now to shine in this generation. Don't you? What a privilege to be living in this time. When, you know, 20 years ago, we wouldn't even have this discussion. 20 years ago, I was so ignorant, I thought men were men and women were women. And now, apparently, that doesn't hold. You know, we, we would never have had to face this years ago, but thank God, praise God, that we are in this generation and you and I can stand up together and say, enough! We're done with this stuff. Why don't we follow those seven guys and say no on every issue in life, not just in the media, on every issue in life. We need strong men and women, people like Daniel who stood up in front of a, a tyrant king. People like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When everyone else bowed the knee, they stood bold upright. We need people like Joseph, who maintained his integrity when everyone was trying to take it. People like Stephen, who never gave in. People like Paul, and especially people like Jesus, who never compromised and never gave in, stood for what the Word of God says. What price integrity? The price is obedience and conviction. The price is knowing God's word and obeying it and not wavering. As Hebrews said, let's hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. Today I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to ask you to, to make a life-changing pledge today that, that you will become men and women of integrity. I hope you already are. We're going to affirm that. And if you have compromised in any area, this is your moment to get it forgiven and to, to put a line in the stand and say enough. I am not going to bend. I am not going to compromise in every aspect of our lives. See, it's one thing to say it on social media, but it's another thing when it's your, your tax dollars or it's another thing when a deal will fall over if you maintain your integrity, but you still do. It's not just opinions anymore. This is real life, and it really costs something to honour God. And I'm asking you to stand firm even if you are attacked, ridiculed, disadvantaged or despised because honouring and obeying Christ is above all of that stuff. Is that right? We need to make a commitment now. If we are ever going to change this world, that's why the Bible says, you know, it starts like this, if my people. But if my people compromise, you won't get change in your world and you won't get revival. But if my people humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. That's having integrity. Then I will hear from heaven, says the Lord, and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. And our land needs healing. Uh, today, well, this week was the, the 40th anniversary of Keith Green's death, a man who inspired myself and many of you, I'm sure. We sang his song earlier, Oh Lord, You're Beautiful. But he had another song that I love. It's called To Obey is Better Than Sacrifice.
And it's written about a situation where King Saul had made a very rash decision in 1 Samuel 15. King Saul had made the mistake of, 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 of usurping uh, religious duties. He had disobeyed God. He had not done what God had asked, which was to wipe out the Amalekites. And so he thought that he'd go all religious and that, that if he went religious enough that God would forgive him for all the other things. That's what he thought. And, and you know, the message stands clear today. If you disobey God's clear command, right, you can't fool him by being more religious. Because to obey is better than sacrifice. And my, you know, my heart bleeds for some of our brothers and sisters in other denominations that are, that are debating whether to have gay clergy. And I don't want to debate that because I've got a Bible that makes it pretty darn clear. But, but feel, I feel for them because they have decisions to be made. It's difficult if you've grown your whole life in a denomination that somebody turns around and does that. It's really tough for them. But I'm telling you, you can go to church every week. You can wear a, a, you know, a, a six-colour six rainbow sash around your clergy clothes. You can do whatever you like. But without obedience, you are fooling yourself. So in 1 Samuel 15, 22, Samuel says to Saul, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen better than the fat of rams. What price integrity? Obedience and conviction and standing firm no matter what. And when we stand for what is righteous, despite the attacks, I promise you God will never forsake us. In the Bible, Joseph had integrity and God prospered him. Daniel had integrity and God saved him. If we have integrity in every area of our life and if we stand for righteousness in this nation, we can trust God. Because his word says, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Not our compromise, but our faith. So I'm going to ask you this morning to examine your heart and to make a decision with me that we are going to stand with integrity in this nation, both on, on national and international issues, and also in your own home, how you deal with people, how you manage your finance, how you love people, the relationships you're in. We are going to operate with integrity because the prize is your relationship with God blossoms and, and you abide with him even more. But to compromise your integrity is death to your relationship with him. It just falls away. What's most important to you? What's most important? For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Would you bow your heads and pray? We're going to pray together. I want you to search your heart. The Bible says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Lord, I pray that you would search our hearts this morning. Here we are in downtown Nambour, a little town on the Sunshine Coast. But, Lord, the eyes of the, the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Lord, we just want to open our hearts to you now and be fully committed to you. If we have compromised, if we have lost our integrity, this is our moment to get it right. If you have compromised your integrity, I want, I want to lead you in a prayer. Because if we get this right, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the army of the Lord. But if we compromise... 
we will fall by the wayside. Integrity is important. If you've compromised your integrity or lost it, even if no one knows about it, I want to give you the opportunity to pray right now and say, Lord, forgive me. The Bible says if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So say these words with me. If you've compromised your integrity, let's clear this stuff up now. Then together we will stand for him. Just say, dear Lord, I'm sorry for compromising. I'm sorry I haven't followed you. But right now, Lord, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. To take it as far as the east is from the west away. And I turn my eyes and fix them on you. Fill me with your integrity, I pray. That I might lead a life worthy of the calling. And for all of us, if you name the name of Jesus, I don't want you to compromise in your integrity. If you are a Christian, you need to stand for what is right. There's a famous story told of uh, Alexander the Great came in after a great battle. A young man was thrown at his feet. The young man had fled during the battle. And the, and the leaders around Alexander said, what's your verdict? What do you do? The, the answer, of course, is execute him. But Alexander was feeling very benevolent that day. And he, he said, uh, he said a, 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 a commander sprung to this young man's defense and said, Please forgive him. He'll be a great fighter for us one day. And Alexander said, yes, of course. He went and walked away, turned around to the young man, and he said, young man, what is your name? And the young man said, it's Alexander, sir, like yours. And Alexander the Great became incensed with rage. He grabbed him by the collar, stared into his eyes, and he said, either change your ways or change your name. And we need to be there. Either change our ways or change our name. If we name the name of Jesus, let's live like it. So if you are willing to stand with me in this nation for integrity, I'm going to ask you to just stand where you are. I'm hoping it's all of us. If you are willing to do that, to say no compromise, I will stand with integrity and follow God no matter what. Stand where you are. And let's pray this together. Let's say, Lord Jesus, we declare that you are Lord of all. You are Lord of our lives, Lord of our homes and families, Lord of our finances, Lord of our nation. And we declare that we will maintain our integrity. We will not go to the right or to the left, but we will stand boldly for the name of Jesus. We will give you the praise and glory in the name of Jesus. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Just open your heart to him now. Let him fill you with his Holy Spirit. And wash us pure, Lord, that we might stand for you in this crooked and twisted generation. This is our desire, Lord. We are standing here to say enough. We are standing here to say that we will not compromise but we will stand with integrity, Lord God. We give you praise and glory.